Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, smoking hot in her urban camo, <laughs> Londa Sherwood Austin. And I got to tell you, honey, it's not every day that somebody talks to me about how I flirt with you at the beginning of each show, but today it happened. Oh, my God. One of our long guys, Brandon, actually said to me, hey, David. Did you know that my favorite part of the show is hearing you hit on your wife? And then Corby goes, yeah, dude, most people don't tell their girls how hot they are. You do it all the time. I love it, too. You do. And we talked about it and laughed. And I got to tell you, I love those guys. And I'm sad that we're selling our Florida house. Yeah. Only because I, I enjoy seeing we'll them. We'll miss on, all on, the service people. Yeah. yeah I enjoy love seeing it. them every time they come to the house and do their thing and they do such a great job at swanscapes llc in lakeland florida if you need any work done at your house landscape wise mm-hmm. swanscapes llc those yeah, guys are great they're great corby and brandon awesome guys love mm-hmm. them anyway that's neither here nor there this is an exciting episode for me personally because this is our final episode of 2021 yep We've come a long way over the last year doing this show, The Session with Londa I think so. There are some things people miss. They miss your fake commercials. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You haven't talked about Hint Water in quite some time. I know. I I ran out and I haven't gotten any more. I've been on a San Pellegrino kick. You have been on a San Pellegrino kick. And I've got to tell you, it's slightly disappointing. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's just it's just carbonated water. So yes, you know, it's not as fun as hint water where you have a hint and essence of fruit in every sip. That is good. Hint water. I like hint water. Picks them up at the grocery store. It's like a dollar four per bottle now. I don't understand that math. If it were 80 cents, I'd feel much more happy about it. Because you're hurting for 24 cents? No, I'm just saying it's it seems a little costly. I think the heat that you put on it, advertising them early <laughs> in the year, was quite successful for them. Oh, my God. A little heat. Sure. little fuego. I don't know. I, is, is fuego's right, right? Fuego. I don't know. I think that means fire. All I know is no fumar. No fumar. No fumar. <laughs> What are we talking about today? Well, this is going to be an exciting episode. And let me, before I get into billboarding the episode, tell you that the session with Londa and David is brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. If you're a business owner and your business isn't performing optimally, mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself to pick up your phone right now and call this number. Are you ready? It's 509 509- 491-2663. That number again is 509-491-2663. Londa Joanne Sherwood Austin can craft a system for your business, just for your business, to make it run more optimally, to make it run more profitably, and to make it run more professionally. Mm-hmm. She can do it. She can do it in her sleep, but she won't. <laughs> She'll give you 100% of her attention. That's Sherwood a- Austin Growth Consultants, 509-491-2663, or email Londa at SherwoodAustin.com. That's a really good point. I don't do this because I have the time to do it. I don't do it because I need the money from it. I do it because I'm damn good at it. And everybody should do what they love, which is why we got married, because oh. I, I believe in that. Everyone should do what they love. That's funny. (laughs) 
little double entendre. For I, you heard at the end of the year. I heard that. I heard that. So, can we talk a little bit about the holiday season? It's the holiday season. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we can. We okay. can absolutely talk about that. You know, if you watch the news in the mornings like I do, I watch every national news organization in the morning. Religiously, my friends. I'm very interested in their presentation which is of why the information. I sleep in. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's fascinating to me how the holidays have morphed from my childhood where they were supposed to be a fun, cuddly, exciting family time warm around a fireplace. Your family was different than mine. To today, mm-hmm. I'm talking about media coverage of holidays only. Oh, oh. Today, there's tons of pressure to get your packages in the mail so you don't miss the deadline before yeah. the world bursts into flames. Yeah. There's tons of pressure on people to host responsible holiday parties, right. wear masks indoors in their home. Homes, mm-hmm. unless the people that are invited have taken COVID rapid tests and are negative. There's a lot of uh, frenetic energy around it. Well, There's absolutely. a lot of hype and a lot of panic, perceived panic. Perceived panic is a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yep. And then we internalize all that. And think, oh shit, not only do I have to, I'm late getting my packages Mm -hmm. or my cards out, but now I have to, I remember I have to go to this party and it's at my work or it's at my partner's work or it's at my dad's house or it's at my grandparents' house or my brother's and, and there's people there that make me me uncomfortable And make me feel insecure and make me, and now I'm panicked about that and I don't know what to bring and I don't know what to wear and we have to buy a new outfit and you have to buy new shoes to go with the new outfit and now you have, and forget it, we haven't even touched on the kids programs and the kids holidays and the kids are off for school and all the pressure that comes along with that and then just, you know, if you're a blended family and you've got to do all the shuffling around of the people and the, I mean, it's just, it's utterly exhausting to think about and i don't like it it sounds horrible well and and part of it is that i do think about all the details yes of things and so and there there are other people like me who do they feel all those details and they feel overwhelmed and they Mm -hmm. just want to shut down and Mm -hmm. not show up but they have to show up to get the present from grandma right and so I I wanted to talk about that a little bit and about the fact that you know set some boundaries well you know and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do right that's language that is hard for me to even understand right you know what I mean no thank you is a complete sentence When someone asks you, you know, if you want to do something or if thank you, you. you're right. That is a complete sentence. It is. Huh. Okay. So setting boundaries is an okay thing. And I always think of when I hear someone setting boundaries, I always think, man, that's presumptuous always. And I don't know why. What do you mean? I just feel like if someone's coming to your home to be a guest, it's kind of laissez-faire. Let them do as they please. You know what I mean? You're there to entertain them, sort of. That's how I've always felt about that. I understand what you're saying, but Mm -hmm. if they're coming to your house... And they're being, say, 
racist in their language. Or, oh, well, let's get right into this. You know what I mean? Go ahead. You shut that shit down. Yeah. You're good at that. You're really good. It is uncomfortable. Right. But do you know what else I'm uncomfortable with? What? Them leaving and thinking I was okay with it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, yeah, we've I've had to do this. Everybody's got an old, 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 old relative who's a little angry. A little like the prospect. And, and they say crazy stuff, right? right? Everybody's got one of those. Yeah. At least one of those. And if you watch Saturday Night Live, every time they do a holiday special, <laughs> yeah, there's they show that, that dynamic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's always the person that brings up religion and there's always the person that brings up politics. Right. And there's always, and you don't have to avoid those, com- those, those topics. I don't think you have to avoid those topics. What you do have to do as the host, especially, is to... N- let people know what the boundaries are going to be and the parameters that, that makes yeah, sense yeah i'd love to uh be able to have this discussion at this party i want to remind everyone that <laughs> we're not going to fight we're going to all be open minded and we're here to learn more about the ideas of the person across from us I've never heard anyone say anything like that at a party, but I have for sure it. heard you say to somebody, you know what, we're not going to use that language in this situation. We're not going to do it. Shut it down. I've heard you do that. And yeah. that's, that's, and you've also, it's instantly uncomfortable for me because I, you know, want everybody to feel super, super good. But every single time I've ever seen you do that, it's a better situation because the person who was doing it didn't realize that it was too off color or too aggressive. You've also heard me say, listen, I don't want you to be upset with me. Mm -hmm. But every time you say something like that, it hurts me. Yeah, that makes sense. And I... I just need you to be aware that I'm really uncomfortable with that kind of talk. You know, it's interesting to me to not feel like I have to um, apologize for you when you speak. It's a different world for me in this relationship. Well, I try to be, I try to say what needs to be said wrapped in, a kindness if possible and and you always do you're very kind and i think that's really interesting you know and i'm used to biting language mm-hmm. i'm used to um a tone that is a little offensive and having to apologize for that for my partner and mm-hmm. that's not it's a different dynamic. I always right. brace for it in those situations when we with first you. i know when we first got together we'd be in a restaurant and my food would come out wrong, right. which it often does because I have all kinds of special dietary restrictions, right? So I have to give the poor kitchen, any kitchen has a, a laundry list of what to not put on my food, right? <laughs> and, I, and I get it, and I'm used to it coming out wrong. Right. I just kind of expect it. So it comes out wrong, and I've got to send it back for correction. Mm-hmm. For the first several months, mm-hmm. like I could almost feel you clinch up your whole body yes waiting for it but uh you know like i said i try to just hey i know this isn't your fault you didn't cook the food and i know it's a lot to ask 
but this isn't right. Right. And here's how to make it right. And I don't mind waiting. You take your time and just as long as we get it right, that's fine. And as long as the waitress doesn't roll her eyes at you like she did when you asked her for mayonnaise at Francesca's or whatever that place is called. What's that place called? Frescoes. Frescoes. I always want that place to be good and it's just not. I feel you bad do, saying it. Never it. Is. So I want to give some more examples, though, of how you can stop the conversation. For one thing, if you don't want to be confrontational, you can just say to the person, thank you for sharing your opinion and get up and walk away. Okay. And you don't have to do it in a snotty way. Right. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for for sharing sharing your opinion. Thanks for sharing that. I'm always open to other ideas. Yeah. And then you get up and you... And you, you know, I'm going to go fill my cup. Right. Or I'm going to go get out of the situation, you know, and then avoid getting back in the situation. Sure. It's not that hard to avoid conflict. Well, you know, at work, it's harder, I think, than in a personal situation, right? I'll I'll never mm, forget the day mm, when I had to interview David Duke, the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, at the Louisiana Network, and he followed me in through the newsroom, walked into my office, and picked up a picture of little tiny baby Caitlin and her blonde-haired, blue-eyed mother, and looked at them, and looked at me, and his bodyguard was with him, and you could see see the pearl handle of his revolver under his jacket and he looked at me and said now that's a good looking family you got there mr austin i didn't know how to take that you know number one is it kind of is he being kind of threatening i don't know i don't know i'm i'm an impartial journalist though that's an easy situation thank you and you move on well i said thank you very much and then I, i told that story to my friend Jim Engster, who was also in the building during that, and we had a good laugh about how David Duke was a little creepy that day, and he was. And I'm talking about <laughs> a little more a little more triggering situations when gathering with family or friends or whatever for, for the holidays. I'm talking about something that's not potentially implied, but something that's just right out in the open. Right. Uh, you know, uh, that... Give me an example of something <laughs> one of your older relatives may have done or said that was shocking to you. Um, <laughs> uh, Seriously, I want to know. I want to hear it. I want to feel it. Well, I can tell you some of the things I've heard. It's not my older relatives. Everybody in my family's dead, but... Uh, things that I've heard even out and about and from even business work conversations or um, the lady who cut my hair this morning because I couldn't get in to see my girl, Andrea, at the Bloom Room. Right. Said some crazy shit about political stuff and how we just need to get Trump back in this office and this country's gone to hell in a handbasket. And when she found out I was from Washington state, y'all are just plum crazy up there. No wonder you came to Florida where we got a level head. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I gotcha. where, whether I, gotcha. I agree with her or not, and no one will ever know because I don't 
share my, sure. my political views. That Those are polarizing statements, ma'am. Absolutely. That need to not be shared. My favorite thing that you say. And your grandparents will say shit like that at the holiday gathering. They will. They absolutely will. Anyway, my favorite thing that you say when anybody brings up Trump or whether or not the election was rigged is you say, I'll tell you what, he was great for my business while he was in office. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do because he was. They don't know if I voted for him or I didn't. Right. Because I don't talk about that, but I do talk about the results of what happened. Right. He was his policies were great for my business while he was in office. And you know what? My business hasn't been hurting so far this year either. Speaking of polarizing political talk, I know you don't want to go down this road, but I saw a spectacular interview, softball interview on Sunday today, a week ago with Hillary Rodham Clinton. And I got news for you. She's running again. You Joe think? Biden's not running next time. Joe Hillary, Biden? Joe Hillary Clinton is going to run. Okay. The interview, she all but said, if you vote, well, she actually said this, if you vote for Trump next time around, you're saying goodbye to democracy in this country as you know it. Okay, and now, and, and here's then the great- she said, but, you know, the division in the Democratic Party right now, nobody can get anything done this way. I'm telling you now, she was saying, you guys screwed now, up. I should be president. Imagine that David, you know him as Uncle David, and he's at the holiday party, and he just said that because we did go to a holiday party, and he did say that. What did I say? You shared that very thing about that. Oh, about the interview. Interview yeah. at a dinner party we just went to. But again... Now, now I didn't wait. tell you what my political opinion is. No. I just told you about the interview. But those are the kind of things that I think often an appropriate response is, thank you for sharing because I am always want to keep my mind open to lots of different ideas. Sure. Can I get you anything to drink? <laughs> I'm going to get something to drink. You got to exit that. Yeah, you got to And get so out of that. think about the things that you want to ask people about themselves mm-hmm. and think about the things you want. Like, have a game plan. Think about the things you want to share about yourself before the party. And I highly recommend do not get inebriated. <laughs> you think that it will help you relax and it will, but probably too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you've got to keep your wits about you. If you know that you're going into a situation that could be volatile. And this harkens back to our episode where we talked about how sometimes you get confrontational when you've had more than two drinks. I get a little combative. Yes. And that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, um, I I give you extra drinks. That's why it's my fault. No, it's your fault because you signed up for this. I love it. I'm thrilled out of my mind. It. No, no. I camped out overnight for those tickets. <laughs> I loved it. It was like waiting for you two in 1984. But if, but if you, uh, one of our kids, I won't say which one, but they're really good at planning ahead what the conversation is going to be about. So they will actually strategize like, okay, I know that grandpa likes to talk about this, this, and this. Okay, so I'm going to ask him this question, and then I'll say, tell me more about that, and that'll get it. And then he'll say some things that will, you know, if I'm, you know, if I, if I 
mm, tune in and I'm curious, he'll give me other clues to ask, go deeper into it. Uh-huh. Uh, and he likes to talk about this. And so I'll ask him about that. Or grandpa was never in or was was in the Coast Guard, but I've never really asked him about that. I bet I could get him talking about that. It would make him happy to talk about it. And to know that I'm interested in it. And it avoids a political or religious conversation or whatever. If, or it dovetails if, nicely Okay, into that. well, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying there are ways to uh, de-escalate the situation. And then sometimes you just have to say, that is completely unacceptable. And this conversation is over. Yeah. You turn on your heel and you walk away. And it is okay to do that. And and it is, but it depends on what the conversation is, right? Somebody saying they saw an interview with Hillary Clinton and she clearly looks no. like she's going to run again is not what That's we're talking not, about. No, no, no. We're what? talking about really offensive things. I don't even want to say. Like, like, like racist yeah, stuff? Yeah, fully racist. A racist remark. The use Culturally of, inappropriate The use things. of the N-word, yep. let's say. I have have no tolerance disparaging remarks against the lgbtqia plus community would set me off and has absolutely these are human beings and even if you have a political conversation you're talking about human beings who are maybe spouses have children have just let's bring it back to the human factor sure anyway that's what i'm saying and it's always appropriate to be kind so that's what i'm saying take the pressure off yourself by maybe planning ahead a little bit Okay. And um and wear more comfortable shoes and clothes because it'll help relax you. And for sure don't talk about the third Reich. I mean <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. You're smiling but you're not seeming amused. Well, no, cuz I gave a really good tip there. You did. Go ahead and give it again. Just in case somebody heard this my joke instead of paying attention. For the ladies. For the ladies. Wear a little bit more comfortable clothing and shoes. It'll make you less Nervous and uptight. Oh, that's that is interesting. Wear something that you're really comfortable in. It can still be really dressed up and you know high high heels and you know sexy sexy whatever you want, mm-hmm. but just make sure that you're comfortable in it. Speaking of sexy sexy, nope. That glittery we were not dress. We did not take a picture that you wore the other night to that Christmas party that we went to. Oh. Hmm. That was a great example, actually, because it was a a plunging neckline. It was pretty short. Mm -hmm. I wore tall, tall, tall heels with it, Mm -hmm. but I was very comfortable. And you were covered from head to toe, practically, because you had long sleeves on. I mean, that dress is not suggestive. No. But because it's a glittery cocktail dress, it, it definitely looks... It was festive. Spectacular on you. So I'm just saying, <laughs> coming back to the point, take some pressure off yourself. Okay. And, you know, if you just want to sit in the corner and not really engage a lot of people, it's okay to do that. I think if you sit in a corner quietly at a party, before you know it, people will gather around you and now you're holding court at the party. Well, I was very, we went to a, a Christmas party where I wore that sparkly dress uh, and I didn't really know anybody there we were invited just jimmy and alice our cousins Uh, yeah and those are the only people we knew so it's a couple of rooms full of people that i don't know and i actually i there's this thing that i do sometimes and 
um, it came up in my Facebook timeline uh, memories the other day mm-hmm. from two years ago, I think, at a Christmas function that we were at, and I was hiding in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, catching, I remember that. Catching my breath and just taking a moment away from the crowd, and I made a post about mm-hmm. it, and and it it resonated with a lot of people. A lot of people said good things and only one or two people were jerks about it. Yeah. One person private messaged me that I was in embarrassment to my children, but that's all right. Um, they thought, was it your ex-husband? They, no, they (laughs) thought that, um, I, I faked looking like I was sitting on the toilet. I wasn't really, but anyway, so at this dinner party or a Christmas party, I excused myself and went into the restroom. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the bathroom. I just stood in there for a minute thinking, okay, <clears throat> you got to get it together. How are you going to make it through this party? Who can you engage in a conversation with that will feel interesting? Okay, okay. There was that table of people over in the kitchen. Yeah, they, I said, when I said hello to them, they seemed really friendly. Okay. Because I just felt super out of my element. I, I, I was just, I was a little panicky on the ride there because mm-hmm. I was unsure. And I'm being very vulnerable right now. And I'm yeah. hoping other people can relate to this. I'm fascinated by the words you're saying because I cannot relate. But I, I think it makes perfect sense. Right. Because when I go to parties with people that are like their work parties, they Mm -hmm. always say things like, oh, I'm so sorry that I had to leave you alone for blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm thrilled when that happens because I love what you did and I do what you ended up doing at the party and I want you to keep going and tell us what you did. Yeah. So uh, then I I came out of the bathroom and I went over to that table Mm -hmm. and there happened to be an open chair and I asked one of the people who had been, you know, greeted me nicely, mm-hmm. uh, uh, is this chair open? Do you mind if I sit? And they said, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. And then I just started forming people. Now, it didn't hurt that you look like a movie star. It didn't. Well, it actually does. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because in that kind of environment, and I guess I'll go a little more into it, um, I had asked... Uh, if people would be dressing up, what kind of party is this? Is it a dress up party? Is it cocktail attire? What is it? Right. And they said, yeah, some people will be dressed up, but you can wear what you want. Well, when we came in the door, nobody was dressed up. The kid who answered the door was wearing shorts. And a t-shirt and a baseball cap. That's correct. On and backwards. And that's fine. It, perfect. I just didn't know, or I would have probably dressed down a little bit. Although, to be fair, it's the only holiday party we're going to this year. So I might have just gone ahead with the sparkly dress. But it that's something to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. fascinated by the shiny object. You want to get closer to it. But when you walk into a house full of people and everyone is very, very casual and you're like over the top, people actually don't want to talk to you. That's interesting that you say that because I for sure love being the best dressed person at an event because then I get attention and people are asking me, oh, did you come from a so-and-so? And I love that actually. That's interesting. Yeah. It's different for women. I guess. Yeah. 
But these these people were really nice, and everybody there was delightful. Yeah, and they uh, and then I just formed everyone. You get people talking about themselves, and since we're talking about this, if you haven't listened to our previous podcast where we talked about form, the form method, the form method is when you ask. It's a it's a method for building rapport with people, mm-hmm. and it's when you ask people about their. It stands for family occupation recreation and then the m or d sometimes it's ford is for message and that's when you're in sales and you have a message to share with them yep but if it's the d it's dreams right that then then you find out about their family their occupation their Mm -hmm. recreation or their dreams and their dreams yeah it's kind of a fun deal yeah and you do it i think you do it as a way to be more comfortable in a situation and get to know people. Mm-hmm. And I know it's very important to you to be asked about you. So I think you place a lot of value in asking people about themselves. I do. More than most people. Yeah, I do. It's it's people are most comfortable when they're talking about themselves and I always want to make people feel comfortable. I like that. In my space. And, yeah. And, um, and you learn about people and you, you know, and, and there was a couple there that I learned got married right before we did and uh, after a really short time together. And so we had a lot in common and, and you only find those things out when you're quiet and ask questions about other people and you try to draw them out and let them tell their story because people are dying to tell their story, but most people don't want to hear it. And am I crazy or did Patricia look a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis? Her hair was similar. And the glasses. That's where it ends. The whole thing, the whole presentation was very Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know. And a lot of fun. What a fun group of people. Yeah. Really had a enjoyed. great time. But I really enjoyed a- coming over to that table and being able to sit down and interact yeah. with them. By the time I got there, you had had you had already won the favor of everyone at the table and people were congratulating me on you being my wife. <laughs> and I love that. Well, they'd all fallen in love with me because all I did was ask them about themselves. I got you. And it's just easier, you know, to do that. It it helps mm. It helps me not be nervous. If I can get people talking about themselves, then I don't have to talk about me. And I had a trainer one time who said, and this was, this is a great line, if you're really nervous about sharing anything about yourself, or maybe you're in a an environment where you don't feel comfortable sharing anything about yourself, mm-hmm. this was the line that, that she used. Um, she would form people. And if they said, well, tell me about you, she'd say, oh, pfft. I'm boring. Tell me more about blah, blah, blah. Right. And I've heard you tell our stylists at the salon to use that line if they don't want to talk about themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you. I'm boring. And then you just get right back on something they already said to you and, and get them talking about themselves again. What I like to do whenever anybody asks me about myself is I pick oh, a crazy goodness. accent and just start talking as this person that I like to be and nobody knows. You're crazy. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about, though, is taking the pressure off of New Year, New You. <sighs> you know, every single person mm-hmm. is, uh, so I got my New Year's resolutions. I'm going to stop drinking yeah. wild turkey and uh, using prostitutes. You know, you hear that kind of thing. <laughs> the prospector, everyone. 
Thanks for stopping by the studio and visiting with us today. I'm going to stop doing the wild turkey and prostitutes. It's just not working for me this year, and I'm going to get new pair of overalls. There you go. <laughs> uh, you would think as business consultants, we would, and, and as a business coach for almost 20 years now, that we would be all about the New Year's resolutions and the goals for the new year nope. and the whole new year, new you. And I'm here to tell you it's a pack of crap. It is a pack of crap. And yep. here's the thing. Most people make these plans and they make grand plans that always fail. Right. There's a great book by a guy who's kind of a jerk, but the book is really good. It's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and I know you don't like him very much, and I think he's a little bit of a... But a, I do. I think you can learn something yes, from everyone yes. and never throw the baby out with the that, bathwater. That's exactly right. But his book, The Compound Effect, talks about the benefit of mm -hmm. making small changes. I always say it's the small, small shifts. Small changes over time. Mm -hmm. Statistically... Yep work much better than huge changes right now. Yes. Because it does have a compound effect. For mm -hmm. instance, there was a study that he did as part of his book, or he followed a study, and it might have been in Norway. I don't remember. I just remember him talking about it at this conference. And he was talking about how these three guys who are very similar demographics, work at the same place, have the same aged kids, do all the same stuff, have similar diets, made minor changes, right? One guy decided he was going to eat one less candy bar a week and park 10 parking spaces away and walk farther to the building. Another guy was going to eat the same, but park farther away. And another guy was going to uh, uh, eat more and be more aggressive with his exercise, right? The guy who gave up one candy bar and parked five spaces away was the one that was successful the most. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, it's 100 calories. I'm going to drop 100 calories a week right now. I can do that. That's one candy bar. Right. And park just a little farther away. Right. By the end of the period of time that they measured these three people, he was down like 40 pounds. And the other guys gained weight. It there was interesting. Yeah. So just small shifts. They it's, make much more sense than these. Always, I'm going to go to the gym every single day at 5 a.m. Yep. The sweeping changes almost never last. Right. But small shifts make a big difference. And that's why you're seeing apps created for small shifts, right. for instance, rather than um, there's a big movement right now for sober lifestyle. Okay. Right? And that's extreme. To you. <laughs> right. But what's happening is I'm, I'm, I see that the apps that have been developed to help with a sober living, mm -hmm. sober lifestyle, um, aren't just like tracking how many days you're drink free. Okay. They they have plans. You have options that you can choose if you just want to drink a little bit less. Okay, that's right? interesting. So, is it's this something that, you're you're exploring for yourself? No, I've just looked at it. And, okay, and it's the same with some fitness apps mm -hmm. are kind of going toward that that move as well. Do, just small shifts. I just want to sure. move a little bit more. Right. 
I just want to eat a little bit less or, you know, one shift or, you know, whatever. I think Weight Watchers did it best when they came out with smaller plates. I'm, I'm not kidding. When they made smaller plates, people still filled their plate, but it was much smaller. You know, and not much, but we have some Weight Watchers plates at our house that are between the normal plate size and the small plate. They're in between. And I got to tell you, you can't load that thing down. Genius. Takes no effort at all to use a plate like that. Mm-hmm. You fill it, you feel full at the end, even though it's not a great big plate like you're used to. Yeah. Genius. Small so, shifts. So the same thing is true in your business, you know, and in your work. You know, if you if you want to increase your uh, production for the next year, then hold one more appointment a week. And what does it mean to increase your production? Right, it may mean something Do different more. to accomplish you, more. You know, better, some some people results. some people want to increase their production to make more money. Other people want to increase their production to have more output of things. Right, it depends on what you're trying to do. Right. You know, if you're building canoes and you want to increase your production, maybe you want to build one extra canoe, right? Right. That is a different level of of commitment than someone who wants to make an additional $100,000, right? Yeah, I mean... Unless that's one expensive canoe. Yeah. So, you know, it, it depends. And one thing that I've always found that helps salespeople specifically is to make their goals, to build their goals around what they want to have rather than how many people they want to see. Well, my goals have always been built around what I want to have, what I want to do, right? who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money-wise, if you know what your income needs are and... If you don't feel like your income needs have been met in the past, what you really need to do is figure out exactly how much it costs to be you. Once you know exactly how much it costs to be you, I got to tell you, that's some pretty good motivation to be able to either make more money or choose a different lifestyle and choose a different career. And what do you mean by just so people understand what it costs to be you? Well, let's say you have an $1,800 mortgage. So on the first of the month, it costs $1,800 to be you, right? Let's say you have a $500 car payment. Now on the first of the month, it's $2,300 to be you. Electricity and utilities at your house, let's just say $5,000 or $500 a month. Now it's $2,300 plus $2,800 a month to be you. Now you've got credit card debt that we've got to pay off. So now it's $3,300 a month to be you. And it grows and grows and grows based on your debt service. Yeah. Yep. Your debt service and your expenses, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I happen to know it's pretty darn cheap to be me Mm -hmm. because I don't have consumer debt at all. Right. And I've got an RV, I've got a house, and I've got a car. I could pay off the car today. I'm not gonna because it's cheap, 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 cheap money, right? Right. So I know that it costs around $3,000 a month to be David Austin, right? Mm -hmm. That's, you need to have $3,000 every single month or stuff's gonna start sliding and going backwards. Right. That is a low bar of income needed to be able to sustain yourself. So- We have investments and we buy stuff that's, you know, 
we bought a new vacation home, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do that because we know exactly how much goes out. So we know exactly how much has to come in and everything over what has to come in can be gravy. And And it costs me about $2,000 a month to be me. There you go. That's right. So I've kept my personal expenses very low. Right. Yep. Yep. And that's great. So all in our household, it only costs about $5,000 a month to be us. So I could get a job at the Grand Cinema in Lafayette, Louisiana, as the assistant manager specializing in popcorn and projections. No, you can't. You could get a job as um, the super cute ticket girl, and we can afford our lifestyle. Does yeah, that make I see sense? What you're saying. That's not what we do, but that's once you know what it costs right. to be you, you can do anything. Right. And so if you decide, you know what? I want to own a $200,000 boat. I want to own a $200,000 boat. And it's going to cost me, if I put it on credit, it's going to cost me $2,100 a month for that boat. Well, you know exactly what you need to earn to be able to pay that $2,100 on that right. boat on top of what you have. I'll right. never forget when I told Les Savage that I had all of my debts paid off except for my house. And this is what he said to me. Oh, oh, we need to get a boat. We need to get an RV. Let's get you motivated. <laughs> Malcolm Adams told me something very similar years yeah, early. Yeah, and a lot of people say that. I'm motivated by not having debt. <laughs> right. So uh, I like to see those numbers and the accounts grow. Um, <laughs> it's nice to not have to worry about making a credit card payment. Right. And that's different in our lives now than it used to be. We both used to have to pay back debt that other people had. Mm-hmm. And now we don't. And isn't that nice? Yeah, it's great. And and one of the things that I did to be able to do that is I knew that I was good at sales. Mm-hmm. So I went from selling a product where I made a 20 or $30 commission per sale. Mm-hmm. I took my exact same skill set and applied it to selling a product where I make an average of $7,500 per sale. Right. So sometimes it's a shift like that. And that was not a huge, you know, like um, shift for me. It was a, it was really a pretty small shift. Right. Because I knew I had the skill set. So sometimes it's like that, you know, so you, you don't know what, that little shift can lead to rather than big, huge, sweeping changes. That's exactly right. And that's exciting stuff. And, you know, I didn't think this conversation was going to be about what can you do differently in the coming year as a professional person. But I think you may have sparked some thought for some people. Well, I hope so. Because, because listen, there's a whole lot of people that are just grumpy. Right. And if you don't know them, go get on a plane. When go I, fly somewhere. Because they're all at the airport and on the airplanes. When I was in radio sales making 25% commission, right? I wasn't trying to have a $400 special on spots. I was trying to sell an $80,000 annual to a company so I could right. make more money. Right. So find a high margin product and sell it, fulfill the needs of your customers, and the money will be there. Right. Well, what I was saying is people, there's so many people that are so grumpy, they're so unhappy Mm -hmm. in their life. You're not stuck in your life. 
I don't care what your circumstances are. Tell me about it and I can show you where we can start to shift you out of that and into something else. That's interesting that you say that. If you don't like your life, you're not stuck. You can make small incremental shifts into something different. You're not a prisoner and this isn't a life sentence. That's right. If you're unhappy. That's right. Think about when you were happy and try to make your life look like that again. Right. And if you if you are the new year, new you kind of person and you start a new workout routine every mm-hmm. year on January 1st, start now. That's not a bad idea. Start now. Why not start now? Okay. I'm calling Red Laurel when I get <laughs> off the show and we're, we're going to get moving. <laughs> I'm just saying, take the pressure off yourself. We all survived this year. And if you survived it and you're doing pretty well then hallelujah, because this was a hell of a hard year for me. I got you. Yes, you've had a lot of physical. It was a nightmare year for me. But there was a lot of great things that happened this year. And Mm -hmm. a lot of, I was probably in nature more this year than any year ever before. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Walking, and that was incredible. Walking the uh, circle bar B. Yeah, all the hikes uh, that we did, uh-huh. all of the crystal springs in mm-hmm. Florida that we visited, going to the beach so often, mm-hmm. you know, and and people might say, oh, well, lucky for you. No, we designed it that way. That's exactly right. We structured our lives to be able to do that. We, and we, And let me tell you, it doesn't come without a price. That's true. That's true. We don't see our kids as much as I'd like to. Right. Um, We don't see our friends back in Washington as much as I'd like to. Every six weeks is nice, but it's not like you're there every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is. So there are actual Mm -hmm. hard costs of changing your life that you find out about. Well, it's like when I was talking to a client just this this, uh, weekend Mm -hmm. about um, that is purchasing a home in Washington state and is under contract. We had the inspection and we're looking through the inspection response and negotiating, you know, repairs and that kind of thing. And I said, you know, one option is ABC. Another option might be XYZ. And then you've got this option over here. That's one, two, three. Right. And I said, no matter which option you choose, there's calculated risk. That's right. And that's true of everything you do in life. Absolutely. No matter which option you choose, there's calculated risk. And, you know, this has worked out pretty well for us. And Well, it's been spectacular. And the thing that I wanted to talk about during this, uh, our wrap-up for 2021 episode, is how pleased I have been over the course of this year watching you get better from these physical setbacks you've had and being able to hold your hand through them. It has been my absolute pleasure being your husband through this last 12 months. It's been a treat and a delight for me. And I know that you had some rough times, you know, COVID, cancer twice. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had some stuff this year, but it's been a real treat to be able to be there with you. And I love you, and I'm very excited that you let me do it with you. Thank you. So thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Well, you know what? I used to be frustrated when people would say, 
David, I appreciate you because most people who say that don't know me well enough to appreciate me. They appreciate what I've done for them. Just meeting you, someone can appreciate you. I guess. But I know when you say you appreciate me, you do appreciate me. For sure. And that's awesome. That makes my heart happy. Well, there you go. You know what? 2021, we're grateful to be here. 2021 is almost in the rearview mirror. And 2022 is going to be awesome. Unbelievable. You don't have to radically change your life to have a better year. But if you make some small shifts, you're going to get there. Yep. For Londa Sherwood Austin, my name's David Austin. And this has been The Session with Londa and David. Brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. No job is too big. No business is too small. Call Londa today at 509-491-2663. That's 509-491-2663. See you next year.